Hey, this is Quentin Moore, and I'm the pastor of the Father's House, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I hope the message inspires you, gives you faith, and lets you see that God is truly moving in your life. We hope you enjoy today's message. If you have your Bibles, open them to Philippians Philippians uh, 4, 9, and then uh, put a, a, a little, uh, like a finger in your Bible and get to John 15, if you actually have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'm judging you on the inside. Yes. Do you guys carry Bibles? You guys have Bibles? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. should read it. I'm not going to preach my entire sermon. I'm going to um, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. <clears throat> I think we'll see. That's the goal. Um, but these scriptures are important. Um, I if if you have listened to me preach at all this year, um, you have heard me um, preach the Philippians or talk about the Philippians four verse nine scripture. It is something that we will continue to keep in front of you. We really felt like this was the the scripture of the year, and to be honest with you, the more we walk into this year, um, the, the more we're starting to realize that this is going to be something um, that we talk about quite often. Um, there are places um, that you will um, have the ability to continue to learn more and more about what it means to put things to practice. But Philippians 4.9 says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it to practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. How's your practice? How's it going? How's your practice of prayer? Your practice of, of fasting? Anybody fast? Maybe we should preach about fasting. (laughs) It is in putting these things to practice that the God of peace will be with you. John 15. John 15, uh, 1 through, we might stop at 8. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that will bear even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that has been thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, 
ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This, excuse me, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is like um, right here, Jesus' spiritual formation track. There's so much in here. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. There's another time that Jesus talks about this. Jesus talks about this. He says, hey, listen, people know that you are my disciples based off of the love that you have for one another. And let's be honest, the only way that I have the ability um, to love like Jesus is to be in Jesus. For him to love me and I love someone else is to, to realize that he is my source of life. He is the vine and I am the branch. And that when, and when we, we sometimes in, in faith um, have the ability to, to, to screw this up when, when, when the scripture says, no branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. No branch, Jesus is not being a, a, a jerk here and saying, you're not worth anything. He's saying, no, 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 your willpower will always fail, but my life will sustain you. So let me be your vine and you my branch, and I will produce the fruit in your life. I will produce the fruit. It is the soil that I am planted in that will produce the fruit in your life. Let me be your vine. This also is very freeing because I don't have to come up with something. I don't don't have to be something that I'm not. I don't have to pretend. I, I said this earlier, man, the church as a whole is really bad about putting a smile on our face and acting like, man, Jesus is just so great. And on the inside, you're like, I'm going to hell in a handbasket. Constantly in scripture. Constantly. We are invited to remember that Jesus is not just occasionally encountering with us, but he is consistently. His presence is in our midst consistently. Here's the deal. And this is, this is what I want to talk about uh, for just a, a couple of minutes. I can tell you all day long that he's always speaking. But if we do not reclaim the ability to pay attention, we'll miss it every time. A few weeks ago, I I talked to you guys about being formed and how everything is forming us. Everything we do today is forming us. The people we listen to, the music we listen to, the podcasts we listen to, the TV shows we watch, Everything forms us. The friendships that we have, the news that we watch. Can I get an amen? Amen. Our goal as Christians is to be formed in Christ. 
But man, we sure do love the Chiefs. If, if that is an offensive statement, I'm not trying to offend. But maybe. Take a look at what God wants to do there in your life. I, we, it, it, it's not just the Chiefs. We, we could talk about anything. The Chiefs just make my point really well, which is why I used them. We could talk about, uh, if you know me well enough, you could talk about the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, you, maybe you got a little shortcoming there. Listen, it's not my fault that God gave us the St. Louis Cardinals and said, here, this is perfection in a sport. There are some days where I really like having the microphone. <laughs> Everything forms us. We could talk about um, um, the, the influx of middle-aged um, people just scrolling TikTok for hours on end. Middle-aged is, I, I was also corrected. I, apparently I'm not middle-aged. No? I'm, so I'm still young? Do you guys think I'm still young? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> That's not good. Your boy played one too many sports. My knees hurt like all the time. Anyhow, sorry. <laughs> the point is not that the Chiefs are bad or that other things are, are bad. I, I'm, I'm not saying... That the point is that it has too much of our attention, yep. and 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 I, and I realize it's like, hey man, can you not mess with like I got uh, and guys are terrible about this, right? Like I just can I just have my Sunday afternoons? Like I just just I, that's what I need. And I'll be honest with you, they're like that because we're asked to be numb, not have feelings, and provide the, the other six days of the week. Ah, yeah, that's maybe for a different day, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, the, the reality of it is, is, is that um, uh, everybody, not just guys, but everybody is like, hey, my life is so full, my life is so busy, my life is so hectic, can I just have this? And we replace Jesus with whatever that is. And you have a pastor or pastors sitting here looking at you saying week after week after week, whether that's on Sunday night or Sunday, what is it, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, or in some sort of small group or something like that. We, have, we, we continue to look at you and say, hey, Jesus is talking to you. And you're like, hey, man, I don't hear him. And like Jesus is talking to you. You're like, hey, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't hear him. Like Jesus never stops talking to you. It's like, I've never heard Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. I heard this, this um, really beautiful story. It's, it's beautifully gut-wrenching from a friend um, that, that illustrates the, the point perfectly. He, he said, I was, I was in prayer. It's kind of like a, 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 a prayer dream type, type deal. And he's like, I'm, I'm in prayer, and I'm asking God. He said, um, I'm kind of lamenting to God. And he's like, God, there are days where you are so crystal clear when you speak to me. There are days where it's like I, I so I feel you, I hear you, I, I know. And then there are days where it's like, where'd you go? Where, where are you at? What, what are we doing? It's almost as if he was mad at God because he was thinking God left, right? 
But we know in his word that he'll never leave, he'll never forsake, like he's never going anywhere. He's always with us, always speaking to us. We know this, we believe this kind of at times when it works out. But he's mad, he's like, God, there are days where you are so clear in my life and then there are days where it's like, you have so many other things going on that you can't get to me. What is the deal? He said, I, I had a dream, I had a picture. He was like, I was in a canoe on a lake that was crystal clear. You could see, like crystal clear meaning, you can see from the top all the way down to the, the lake floor. I, I don't know if you've ever been to Canada. Canada is the only place in my life that I've ever been that was like, that makes sense to me. I've seen that lake. And it's beautiful. It's fantastic. You can see like everything on the lake floor. All the stuff that like, if you've been to Kansas Lake, you're like, I wonder what's down there. This one you can see. And God speaks to him and says, this is my voice. God speaks to him and says, this, what you see, is my accessibility. And he said, as God is speaking to him, I'm taking things like, like, like uh, Netflix out of the canoe and throwing it into the water. Or podcasts. Taking political views throwing them and taking um, social events because heaven forbid we have to have a social life I'm taking all of these things the music that I listen to the idols in my life and he says as I throw them over they hit the bottom and sand comes up and God speaks to him and says my voice is the same my voice will always be the same. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there are days, there are times where you have so much stuff in your life that you have crowded and murkied my waters. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, it, we are called to pay attention differently. There are story after story after story in the Bible. You can talk about Job you can, you, can, you can talk about the, the earthquake in the, in the Ten Commandments. You can talk about Elijah. I have no idea how God is going to speak to you. What I do know is he promised he would. And we live in a culture that is robbing us of our attention. In fact, everything, like the, the number one commodity in our world right now is our attention. The global markets are so crowded and so noisy and so very interesting today that companies are doing everything they can to get our attention. I, I genuinely feel like the Lord is speaking to us this morning. And, and like I said, I'm, he's speaking to me as much as he's speaking to you. That there is a lot of things that God wants to do in our lives. Genuinely. Wants to continue to bless and continue to change and continue to give new perspective and continue to empower you with, with uh, the gifts of the Spirit to, to help change other people's lives. Man, I believe that with all my heart. But we have so many things we are throwing over the boat 
and hitting the floor of the lake that we cannot see, we cannot hear. We do not know what it is that he is saying. Some of us are even kind of comfortable with it at times, if we're honest. Because it's like, hey, if, if I just stay superficial in the things of this world, um, then I don't have to deal with my own emotions. I don't have to deal with my own trauma. I don't have to deal with my own shortcomings or my own struggles. And to be honest with you, it like feels really, um, I, don't, I don't really like that feeling. Because um, there's a lack of control there. With superficial things, we have the ability to control it. We have the ability to stay in control, stay in control of our thoughts and our emotions, stay in control of what is, uh, what is going on. The problem is, is, is that um, when we read verses like Psalm 139, 23, and 24, that says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. The one who has the ability. Listen, I am all for modern medicine. I walked to that out in front of you guys for years now. And so, you got depression, you got anxiety, and the doctor says, yeah, you got to take a pill, take a pill. It's okay. Okay? But I also believe in the one that says he has the ability. Let, let me search, let him search my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. God doesn't leave us in the puddles of our mess. God allows us to be the puddle that we need to be and then he builds us in such a way that we, we are an overcomer. We're not overcomers just because of our own will and work ethic and, and, and willpower. That, that fails. You win every once in a while and you think you're getting ahead. Let me tell you, if you haven't experienced it, it you, you, your world will come crushing. But when we rely on God, the problem is, is that this is hard. This scripture is hard for us to connect to. It's not that we don't like it. It's not that we don't want it. It's that we've been groomed not to allow it by our culture. What has your attention this morning? What has your attention? If it is Jesus, and I hope, I hope, I hope it is. Can it be Jesus tomorrow? Thank you. Can it be Jesus on Tuesday? Thank you. Can it be Jesus on Wednesday? Can it be Jesus on Thursday? I do not believe I believe having a life of prayer is important, super important. I was raised in, in, um, at, 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 an, at an age in the church where it was like, if you didn't carve out a certain amount of time, you weren't good enough. That wasn't what my parents taught. That really wasn't even what Pastor Quentin taught. It was the, the overall general view of the church, the purity culture, that if you did this and did this and did this, you're going to hell. I genuinely think the most important thing we can do on a daily basis, on a regular basis, on an every moment basis, is just 
Utter his name, Jesus. Your, your prayers don't have to be pretty. They don't have to be long. But what you do by invoking the name of Jesus is you allow power in your life. Power that you can't muster. Power that you can't even explain. That it may be a little weird here and there, but Jesus. Jesus. So when you wake up in the morning, it's Jesus. When, when you step into a meeting right before, it's Jesus. When you, step, uh, when you go to lunch with the, the person you really don't want to go to lunch with, it's Jesus. When you got too much on your plate because everybody knows, like, well, you know, I mean, my, my kid's talented, so you got to play a sport. Well, you know, I mean, everything is like, uh, my job depends on it, so I got to go to all these things. Uh, you know, it's just like uh, I can do, I, I, I feel like I should do. We, you can, like I said earlier, you have the ability to justify anything. Your justification doesn't make it right. That doesn't make you bad. It just makes you currently wrong. I'm preaching to myself. I got four boys, all that want to play baseball. I'm looking at athletes that I get so frustrated with. Let me tell you, baseball gave me a lot of stuff. You can play whenever you want. It's good. But baseball failed me. I, I, I played some, I don't know if I should talk about this. I played at levels that people would dream to play at. I had conversations that you wouldn't even believe me if I told you. I had coffee with the people that I was going to spend the rest of my life playing a sport that was giving me everything, and it failed me. Can't, yeah. I got scars up and down a left arm for what? It cost my parents God knows how much money. They wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade my experience for the world. But part of my experience, part of my testimony is to say, hey, FYI, play the sport. No, Jesus. Play the sport. Honor Jesus. You reality of it is, is like it is a fraction. There isn't anybody, don't take offense to this, in this building that is going to play a professional sport. Why are you giving up time for Jesus? Why? Well, the school, you can justify anything. Listen, man, I did it. I'm not right in it. I have no idea how I'm going to do it this summer. And I think there's grace in it to, to, to just be honest, but I'm just really genuinely interested in what Jesus has for my boys today that baseball will never be able to give them. They love it. My boys could tell you every player on the Chiefs roster. They, they could even tell you the bench players. They could tell you their names. Most of them, they could tell you like where they played college. Some of them even high school. Here's a conviction. I'm not sure they can tell me what comes first, Romans or Acts. So listen, when I look at you say this stuff, I'm, I'm preaching myself, which is why I'm good with saying it. 
lived that sports life. Learned some, some fun things. Did some really stupid stuff. She's not sustainable. Jesus is. That's not cliche, that's truth. That's not pastor cliche. But sports is just one area. What else is in our lives that is taking the attention? What else in our lives that we are giving too much attention? What else in our lives that is sucking the life out of us that Jesus is just trying to pour back in so we can make it through another day? And we're just looking at the next day as just kind of a coincidence that I, that I woke up. I'm not dead yet. That's fantastic. Instead of saying, holy cow, Jesus, thank you for another day of life. And when we lay our head down tonight, it's like, I'm so exhausted by our day, by my day, that I can't give glory and honor to the one that sustained me through another one. This is not, I get it, a sexy message to preach. But what has our attention? And Jesus is the one who's saying, hey man, you don't have to fix it overnight, but walk with me tomorrow and the next day and the next day and I'll show you how to fix it. God doesn't look at you and say, this is your mess, clean it up and then I'm with you. God's saying, I'm with you in the mess. Pay attention to me and give you, give me your attention. I have words for you. <sighs> Philippians 4, 9. Whatever you have learned and received or heard in me or seen in me, put it to practice. I can't think of a better time than this Lenten season to put to practice the paying attention to what Jesus has for us this morning, for what Jesus has for us tomorrow and in this season. Stand with me. Hey, I hope the message truly inspired you today. If it did, do a couple things for me. Subscribe to our show and it'll just drop right into your feed and you can stay current with all that we're doing. The second thing is, is if you've been impacted by this ministry, you can click the link right there in front of you and you can become one of our givers and that'll help us to keep spreading the gospel and the good news around the world. Everyone needs to hear the good news right now, maybe more than any other time. So God bless and I'll see you next time.